Good morning, everybody. This is Stephen Kira with the Free Speech Show. And as always, uh, here in the studio, Jay Westerveld. Good morning, Jay. He's joining us. Good morning, Stephen. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween edition show, right? Oh, yes. Free Speech Halloween edition. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Halloween. Uh, what uh, do we know? Uh, because I'm... Uh, Obviously, when I was growing up, it wasn't part of my upbringing. No. Uh, I grew up in the former Soviet Union, and uh, in there, there wasn't. we, we didn't know of uh, the holiday. We didn't know that existed. We didn't celebrate it, obviously. And uh, throughout Eastern Bloc and even some Western European countries, I'm not familiar with the tradition. Can you please maybe tell me more about it? Sure. I mean, it, you know, it's... Uh America is where it's uh, celebrated the most strongly. You know, it's the biggest deal here uh, on many levels. It, it originated in, uh, you know, with the Celts. Um, it was originally a Celtic holiday, then, you know, more uh, strongly associated with the Gales, which is, you know, the Celts of the British Isles. Um, it started out as sort of New Year's, the, the most important day in the Celtic calendar, believe it or not. Uh, Sowen, it's spelled like Sam Hain. When you see it written, that's what it looks like, but it's sewing. And that's the beginning of the new year, the the point between the dark side, half of the year and the light half, you know, the end of the harvest, celebrating everything. But that was when the ancient Celts, their pagan gods, were thought to find the easiest opening to come into our world be, between the dark and the light. And so they'd be running around. What happened um, more with the Gales, uh, especially as Christianity moved into the British Isles, was that they said, well, okay, it's not gods, it's just fairies, you know, benevolent little fairies. And uh, so we have little witches and goblins and things like that. It was really popularized mostly in America, but throughout Europe, including with the ancient Rome, Romans, of course, with it having been a pagan holiday, and ver the pagan religions of uh, Europe, uh, all of Europe were very closely related. And the Celts, believe it or not, you probably know this, Stephen, really originated, most people are shocked by this, in what's present-day Russia, you know, and they actually moved west. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, west across Europe. We associate I them. I thought maybe Irish and Scottish uh, tribes. Uh, we, all, we all associate them with that area because that was the last holdout, and those specific uh, sub-tribes were the Gaels, the Gaelic people. But that's just the last holdout as the Romans moved across, uh, and, and others, you know, uh, moved across Europe and sort of ran them out of everywhere else but they originated the actual celts and celtic languages originated in the far east in fact um i uh, i did my uh for well a long time ago i i, I wrote an important dissertation about uh proto-celtic influence on slavic languages western slavic languages which was pretty compelling and uh, tough to defend but compelling anyway but anyway here in america halloween was always huge but recently it's you know, been a little castrated in the last decade or so. I mean, it used to be a time where we were all encouraged to go out and do mischief and have fun and, uh, you know, do crazy things and sort of let off steam so the kids were a little more calm for the rest of the year. But with every year, and this isn't the pandemic, this is before the pandemic, going back certainly 10, 15 years, we see more and more uh, trunk or treat where you know kids are in a controlled environment in a parking lot or something and their parents pull cars up and they all stay just amongst themselves uh, and and you know 
get uh, treats from different trunks instead of going out knocking on doors wearing costumes and you know really trying to scare people yeah throwing the occasional egg you know letting kids be kids <laughs> oh that's uh, i believe that's called a mischief night oh yeah uh, now, and typically that's a night before halloween that was always on the 30th. 30th yeah you know according to where you lived you know down um in now in rockland county and i hope people call in with their own experiences because like in rockland county bergen county in some areas it was called gate night in the city in some areas it was called cabbage night because of throwing cabbage i also know that it has been called goosey night goosey night goosey yeah that's night. a strange that one has a cool origin as well we always said around here doorbell night uh really and that was the really crazy fun night but you know it was sort of an all bets are off, let kids be kids thing. Nothing bad ever happened. Uh, and right. Same with Halloween. Halloween was more for the little kids to go out and enjoy themselves, go door to door, very social, you know, engagement. But like so many things, it's being castrated. We're being desocialized. And now we just have, you know, before even the pandemic, trunk or treat. Oh, you know, don't let little Bobby or little Dylan knock on any stranger's doors. It's getting kind yeah, of weird. I think it's, uh, you know, with the disappearing sense of community, and this is exactly what with the, the disappearing, the spirit of the holidays does it. I, I can actually uh, give you some interesting piece of information. According to CBS, there's a city in Canada where anyone over the age of 16 caught trick-or-treating or even just wearing mask, and that city in Canada is Bathurst, Canada, it faces up uh, up to $200 fine. My God, really? Yep. And the city also has a curfew for everyone else after 8 p.m. So th <laughs> this is very sort of communism uh, <laughs> approach, the country that I grew up in. Yeah, you know, it really is. Everything is organized and everything is rationed and everything is like, okay, you're allowed till 8 p.m. after that. No one should be out. That's, in, that's really, to me, that's, I mean, obviously disappointing. Um, and we see that in local municipalities where there are curfews, which were unheard of when I was a kid. And, you know, I, if there was a... I think that is a result of, uh, of a mischief, uh, goosey, cabbage, and sure. however else night. Uh, now, you lived on both coasts. Uh, sure. Now, I know that uh, that night is really only uh, happens uh, in places on East Coast and Midwest. And because the tradition that the mischief night has never really made it to the west coast is that true yes and no i mean they have halloween you're, you're right no mischief night is not really strongly associated with the west coast but like anything it's regional according to where you, you go so in greater los angeles to a better degree yes it's you know probably a couple of uh, new york city folks uh, <laughs> new york state, uh, more than a couple yeah <laughs> san diego i mean i think in san diego there's more new york and new jersey people than there are uh, californians um, and in the Bay Area, there are some areas where they celebrate it, but not so much. What we see more in the West is the same holiday. Um, we'll talk more, you know, obviously uh, after a okay, quick word. Okay, this is our first uh, ad break. Thank you. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. 
Hi, it's Paul Ruskevich, Barry Cheney, and John Vero. Orange County legislators on the Thursday morning roundtable, 9 to 10 a.m. Answering all of your questions and concerns on WTVQ, radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on the magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. WTBQ. All right, and we're back with the Free Speech Halloween edition. We have Jay Westerville here in the studio with us. And Jay, you were talking about the tradition of Halloween and how it differs uh, we, we touched a little bit from country to country and from coast to coast. Yeah, it's, you know, what we see more on the West Coast with Halloween because of uh, the greater Spanish influence there is Day of the Dead, which shares roots with Halloween. You know, it's where we celebrate the, you know, the, the people who have passed. But the interesting thing about Day of the Dead, and it has similarities with Halloween in terms of a shared origin of a pagan and a Christian holiday coming together. You know, sort of the in Europe, the Christian church had a very keen sense of sort of selling people what they were already buying. Let's let's make our, our holidays, our religious holidays, meld with the holidays that the pagans already have so everybody feels included. Day of the Dead is a lot like that in Mexico, especially. And I know it's, uh, sorry to interrupt, but this Please. is also celebrated in Eastern Europe, in Poland, uh, yes. November 1st, with Day of Remembrance. Absolutely, Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia as well. And it's, uh, you know, that's an important day. And they say that the roots come from the same pagan root of saying that this is the one day of the year between the dark and the light when, um, you know, gods and also the deceased can can reach us more easily. So, you know, there there's that. But you'd mentioned something during the break about the moon, Stephen, that blew my oh, mind. Oh, yes. Uh, this is, uh, I, you know, did a little bit, of, uh, I guess, uh, Fun fact check-in were uh, related to Halloween, and this particular year, this uh, Halloween, October 31st, 2020, is very special because it's full moon, which are uh, pretty rare on Halloween. Yeah. The last time we had it uh, in 2001, and before that in 1955. So next uh, full moon is going to be in 2039, and in fact, 21st century will only see six full moons in 2001, 2039. 50, on Halloween. 77, 96. Yeah. That's amazing. So this really is a special it Halloween. It is a special Halloween, a special moon. And now, do you know, I, I haven't heard of any curfews, but I'm sure they're there. I think I read about some. Maybe if anybody knows, please let us know. Uh, I really don't read the local papers too much anymore. But, um, you know, even if there are curfews, I hope people do get out and look at a Halloween moon. We're mentioning differences between the East and West Coast. One other thing was that in areas where one of my favorite uh, American figures, Wolfman Jack, the DJ, originally from Brooklyn, New York, uh, born Robert Smith in Brooklyn. He was a big West Coast uh, radio DJ, big personality. He popularized both Mischief Night and Halloween a lot in California uh, through his radio show, believe it or not. Well, like I said, it's it's a tradition that uh, native to East Coast Mm -hmm. and uh, somewhat traveled uh, as far as Midwest, but never really reached. So only people promoting it are the people who sort of expats from uh, from East Coast. Sure. That's very interesting. Sure, yeah. Now, another interesting fact, uh, Harry Houdini, uh, you know, who uh, all his life who was surrounded by mystery, died on Halloween night in 1926. And, and by the way, uh, Sean Connery just passed. I don't know did if he really? Yeah, he did. did. Halloween. 
Oh my! Um, yeah, and he's a you know brilliant actor, a really, really amazing good. actor, and he uh, you know Scottish the best native. Best 007 uh, in essential in history, in opinion of many many people. Absolutely, anyone who prefers Roger Moore, we're going to have words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well. Um, Another interesting fact, uh, Halloween movie, um, which is uh, classic and cult, uh, has a f- Michael Myers mask has a fascinating story and surprisingly innocent roots behind it. So when shooting an original 1978 film, production designer picked up two masks from a magic shop, local magic shop. One was of a clown and another one of William Shatner as Captain Kirk from Star Trek. <laughs> and guess which one was picked up and which one is uh, Michael Myers' words? <laughs> hmm, I wonder. <laughs> it is a Captain Kirk. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, spray painted it white, cut the eye holes bigger, and the rest is history. I never knew that was actually <laughs> William Shatner. <laughs> Neither did I. I had to look it up, actually. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, here's another one. Uh, a jack of lanterns uh, that that's uh, has uh, Irish immigrants brought it to yeah. United States, and that was based on the story that uh, of an Irish man called Stindy Jack, who apparently yes. made uh, a pact or fooled the devil, and thus was not allowed neither uh, heaven or hell, and uh, rest the remainder of of his day just wandering, roaming the earth, carrying lantern, and went and became known as Jack of Lanterns. That's amazing. That is really cool. And those uh, lanterns originally being an Irish uh, island, being a home for Halloween or one of the very first countries celebrated, they were cut up out of parsnips and potatoes uh, as the main uh, product. I never Uh, knew that. And only when Halloween actually got widely celebrated in the United States, we began using pumpkins. Yeah, it it makes sense because, you know, I really doubt they had a lot of pumpkin crop in Ireland. If they'd had, they wouldn't have been so affected by their blight, you know, the potato blight, et cetera. They would have had another food source. That's exactly who brought uh, the uh, Irish immigrants fleeing from potato blight, uh, moving to United States. Sure. First uh, in 1920s, I believe. First that, uh, no, no, it was 18... 18s, yeah. 48, something Yeah, I mean, just think of, uh, you know... uh, New York City, low, yep. you know, uh, Lower Manhattan but then, with but, the five points. But then points. early uh, 1920s, it became like really, really prominent in celebration. And, sure. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's a that's amazing. And of course, here in the Hudson Valley, um, Sleepy Hollow, you know. Oh yeah, Sp- Greater Tower. Same Town. subject, yeah. And that that's uh, always been a big tradition with me. Uh, first, I went there with a, a kindergarten class trip with King's School. Uh, Mrs. Hayes was the teacher long time ago, and uh, we went to. The uh, the area where Washington Irving lived in the original uh, Sleepy Hollow, where the mill and everything, where um, the story took place, the area where the bridge stood, where he you know went across the bridge on his horse, escaping the uh, horsemen. Uh, there's a plaque for it still there. That is one town, Stephen, that really celebrates Halloween, and it's so close by, sort of like Salem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Without such gross associations. But yeah, Washington Irving uh, living there. Irvington, you know, Irvington on Hudson, uh, named for him. Uh, Sunnyside, uh, you know, where he'd lived. But, you know, that's on the south side of the Tappan Zee Bridge, let's say. Immediately on the north side, as you get into Westchester, you just go left on Route 9 and you're in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, look at that. That's like only half an hour, 40 minutes away. Yeah. And I'm shocked that more people don't go there to check it out because it is is really a, an amazingly historical and fun thing to do. It's great for kids and all. And I can tell you 
There's no Halloween curfew there. <laughs> it's not what, castrated. What a, what a beautiful piece of local history, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Warwick used to have a, a really good Halloween parade. You know, because of the pandemic, they canceled it this year. Right. Well, so, so many things. Actually, New York, State, New York City has the biggest uh, Halloween parade ever. I oh, mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's Worldwide. It became a tradition. And um, the Halloween technically is the second, the most celebrated commercial um, holiday only uh, trailing the Christmas. I did not know that. Yeah. Have you ever been to a Halloween parade in the city, down in the village? It, uh, yeah, I believe so. <laughs> I believe so. You, it could yeah, be you, forgotten if yeah, uh, you celebrate. You, you can always you sort of mix the two, uh, whether it's a gay pride or Halloween, right. because there's a lot of uh, you know cross-dressed. and uh, Absolutely. It, that's, it, and that's why there was always such an attraction down there, you know, with cross-dressing drag queens and everything. It is just, it's a romp, man. Right. It's, I, I used to go constantly. If, whenever I'd be in the area, I'd always go Must to this. It's been like 20 years, yes, but I did catch oh, a glimpse of it, yes. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it really is. And, uh, you know, I, it's, are they having it this year? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. That's a shame. That's, no, that's really messed I, up. I, I don't think so. The cool thing about the parade, uh, certainly in the 80s uh, and 90s, when, when I used to go a lot, the after parties. You know, in the really great Greenwich Village clubs uh, back then, dance clubs and stuff. You know, you didn't have to be gay to go to these clubs and just enjoy absolutely amazing, stunning light shows and dancing. You know, dance music uh, until after hours, and then hitting the after hours clubs. It was really a blast. Everybody in Halloween uh, yeah, costumes. And, and this is what I see happening in uh, Eastern Bloc of uh, Europe, like even back in an old country in in Russia, in Ukraine. Right now, Halloween is not as much. So it gets adopted by adults, and it's more of a cross-dressing for adults party. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> well it's really, it really what it became. You know, <laughs> it's another reason just to, to act silly and and uh, get pretty and whatever else for many people. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, it's, it's nice to see it picking up a little. Um, you know, I've I, I've spent a couple of Halloweens obviously in Central Asia and been kind of blown away that regionally within cities you see it a little more this year i sent over with uh a lot of the things that i sent to mongolia to my peeps there uh a bunch of halloween accessories and stuff and uh right in my little housing area in ulaanbaatar they had a beautiful like a halloween little, party little yeah tiny <laughs> tiny enclave. well no it's 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 uh it, it's all mongolians there I'm, I'm still the odd man out right. you know i'm the strange western guy uh there are a few other westerners there but um, they had a great Halloween party and all the little kids are wearing all these cool masks and things that I sent over. It's amazing to see them celebrating like we do here, you know, and, uh, you know, just huge shout out to the, the people who put it together. Absolutely. And, and it's thanks to people like you who are carrying the sort of the culture of introducing people of different, uh, you know, even speaking about the, the uh, Asian or Mongolian culture here, uh, letting people in on the, getting right. a peek of what, what's happening. And it, it, it's a two way street. Yeah. So, you know, you, you're introducing something to them that they are foreign to, but hopefully it will catch up. It's a lot of fun. I know uh, my kids at home actually had to do a Halloween party sort of via Zoom or however they communicate. Oh, and it's kind of sad. It is. because But, uh, you know, it still doesn't, they take time, they get up early, they prep uh, themselves. So by, uh, yeah. however, I think it's 7.10 or 7.20, they have the first meet in the morning and uh, they all wearing costumes and makes them happy you know it's yeah. little things like that that actually you know I, I wish there i wish there was less um you know just pandemic restriction over it because kids they're outside they're wearing masks you right. know and they can certainly wear the uh 
you know the uh, safety masks uh, beneath the the regular masks, but they're, they're outdoors. They don't have to be clustered together. But you know, hopefully by next year we'll have things sorted out again. I think so. I think so. So uh, okay, we're heading into our second uh, break, and we'll get back right after that. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. I'm gonna make this place your home. This is Christine Koenig, Grace Warren, Marsha Talbot of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty and the hosts of The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. We're here to help you out. Lisa Morrison, a psychic medium who reaches those who have crossed over from physical to spiritual, intuitively hears, feels, and sees information coming from the other side. Tune in every Thursday at 12 noon on radio worth listening to. WTVQ a chilly start to the weekend despite plenty of sunshine this afternoon, only 40 to 45. Clear early tonight, then clouds increase late, low around 32. Sunday, mostly cloudy and milder, with showers by late afternoon around 50. Monday, more clouds than sun, windy and colder Monday, with a few flurries only around 40. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. TBQ. All right, we're back. This is Stephen Keeter and Jay Westervel in the studio, and we're talking. This is a free speech show, Halloween edition. So I think some funny facts, some the way uh, it's celebrated around the globe, uh, different uh, corners of United States, and uh, how is it different uh, this year, or even looking forward. Yeah, it's it's different this year. And again, obviously, the pandemic really put the uh, proverbial kibosh on it. But, you know, for the last decade or more, it's really been being defanged uh, more and more. We're, you know, we're, we're doing this thing where we're just insulating our kids and trying to get more and more, exert more control over what they do, keeping them indoors, keeping them out of nature. It almost seems like we instill more fear into them. No, no, Bobby, don't you know? Don't knock on people's doors. This is who suffers most. I think seeing their smiling faces, seeing how excited they get to 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 dress and you know, yeah. candy, getting candies. You know, it's it's getting to be more of a commercial. It's getting to be more for adults. Like I said, cross dressing and you know, like it it, it came up with the, its own little instead of like uh, you know tricking or singing or saying poems or showing tricks for candies. Uh, I know that we at the one year we did those, you know, like those small little bottles so that you yes. usually get served in the airplane. And of whatnot. course. Yeah. You, you get a whole Wait, were you giving those to kids? That's why they cut so it this off. Is, this is tr- <laughs> trick-or-treating for adults. For you adults. Know, you, you can put all kind of different fun uh, prizes and whatnot and, you know, make people interesting. But see, adults, they, they uh, even though it's, it's a great outlet, it's a great way to socialize and uh, sort of, uh, you know, get a little break. I think the kids who, the ones who are suffer 
from uh, being, uh, you know, a lot of uh, social activities being on lockdown or being uh, changed in, in the light of uh, pandemic. Yeah, but again, let's forget the pandemic. Let's let's just jump back one year. Let's make believe we're having this show one year ago, well before the pandemic. It was already, as I said, being defanged, you know, uh, really be- declawed really badly. And it just seems like slowly over time, not to philosophize, uh, but it, it really just feels like we're insulating children more and more and trying to keep them indoors more and more and keep them from socializing and giving them fewer outlets to vent frustration, et cetera. You know, you see fewer kids doing fun, outgoing activities like that and more being told, well, you know, maybe we should put little little Bobby in yoga or something. He's four years old, man. Just just let him play with sticks. You know, just let's let's relax with well, that. All the kids like boys eat dirt usually and whatever. Yeah, catch bugs. it's healthy and it's healthy for their immune systems. But again, just this greater insulating and keeping them all like in little pods away from one another. It, it's a little freaky because when you look at the greater trend, look, when I was a little kid, not, not to be like, oh, times were better when I was little. Everybody says that we hate it. Uh, you know, I had a buddy, Rob Wright, who lives here in Warwick again, thankfully. He always says they don't make them like they used to, and they never did, which is a great expression. You know, it really makes sense. But at the same time, we looked forward to doorbell night, that one night where we put charcoal on our faces, put on our little black commando hats, and ran around, you know, putting toilet paper on people's shrubberies, you know, maybe putting shaving cream on the door, throwing an egg or two at somebody who was, you know, really maybe not nice to us during the rest of the year. And then on Halloween, yeah, okay, you'd smash a few pumpkins. That's a tradition. You know, you try, if it's a nice family with a lot of kids, you don't smash theirs, but this isn't done anymore. And and so you wonder when, when you're taking these kids and kind of putting them into this pressure cooker where they don't let steam off, what do you, what's the end product gonna be later in life? You know, is it just gonna be social media? I think they're missing on a big aspect of, uh, you know, growing up. Uh, because sure. we, uh, we essentially, I don't know, but we, I, I grew up outside, almost on, on the streets. We were uh, exposed to different uh, social elements and hanging out with the kids who are older, who are younger. Yeah. You know? So I, uh, getting back to Halloween, that the way it should be celebrated, I want to give a shout out to, uh, I live in uh, Spring Street and right on the corner of Spring and West, there's uh, Mike Santiago who is putting up a beautiful display. Juggalo Mike. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> he has the best Halloween display in Warwick. 100%. If, if anybody still keeps the Halloween spirit alive, that that's that guy and his family he's great you know two years ago i saw him in warwick walking around as pennywise the clown it was so scary you know he's like he does this semi-professionally at haunted houses and stuff which unfortunately are closed down this year due to the pandemic you know uh or a lot of them are i know the big one at museum village where he worked isn't uh, hiring. I didn't know. know. Uh, Mike did it uh, sort of like an entertainer? Or? Absolutely, yeah. And his, <laughs> I mean... His, his outfit, he, his display, his lawn display is absolutely professional. Even uh, the sounds and everything. I don't know any other place in Warwick. No, no. Corner of Spring and West, West. Street. Absolutely. So, uh, right across from Halligan. Anybody who would like to see what the, you know, sort of like a dressed up uh, Halloween lawn should look like or looks like, please take a look, take a drive. I think Mike does a beautiful job. He does. And I know that 
you know, trick-or-treaters should go there too because I'm sure he'll be dressed in his um, one of his amazing clown iterations. He, you know, he celebrates different clowns. It's not just him. It's the whole family. Tony, so, his wife, his yeah. kids, they all, they all uh, you know, dressed up. It's all uh, scary clown or whatever. Usually it's a whole uh, bunch of them, you know, and they really, really... Wherever they go, they bring that uh, spirit of Halloween along with them. Absolutely. And it used to be, now I lived on Oakland Court quite a long time ago. And um, around there, Oakland Ave and everything, that was to me almost the epicenter of Halloween trick-or-treating and stuff in Warwick because, man, the people really do a lot of amazing haunted house displays there. And they are doing it this year. I do see, you know, not as much, but... Usually, you know, it's it's right now sort of like little in, in enclaves. Uh, so, yeah. You know, like you go from development to development, a corner of the street where neighbors know each other, and it's sort of like friendly competition. Let's see who does it better, who yeah. will do, you know. And yeah, with the, so many new developments coming into Warwick, the, I think the newest one is the right across from uh, notorious Pulpit Rock site. I'm sorry, what site? <laughs> pulpit what? <laughs> What's that, Steve? We, we have uh, Eagle's Watch, which is, uh, I think, the latest and uh, newest community growing up in Warwick. Sure. The houses popping up like mushrooms uh, on, on the latest uh, real estate craze. And there's a lot of new people coming, and uh, I see. But those houses, they just finished you know, framing them, and I already see some Halloween displays over there. Sure. So, given time, I think a lot of people complaining that it's ugly and whatnot, and I haven't, you know, like you, you can hear a lot of uh, those. It's uh, coming from the same people that complain about Pulpit Rock and uh, the hotel and everything else. But given time, I think that this is a beautiful community with the people coming in and enjoying putting their dream homes. When you, you know, when you complain about a new community like that, where the shrubs haven't even had a chance to mature and grow up, it's kind of like complaining about grape mash, you know, saying, oh, it just tastes like Welch's grape juice when it's really, you know, it's being ate before it's aged in casks to be a fine wine. A community is the same thing as wine. When I was a little guy, the Lebrano, was it? Yeah, Lebrano Farm um, in Warwick on Kings Highway, right near the border with Sugarloaf that had become wickham village now that was an amazing that was an area where a lot of folks from the boroughs of new york city moved up um you, you know usually blue collar people civil servants and all there were small a little more affordable homes and it was the coolest funnest neighborhood especially for halloween but i remember when that neighborhood wasn't mature maybe it didn't look so great back then because it just looked like you know a bunch of uh homes put over farm fields on the old Lebrano farm. But now, you know, it's all, you know, nice mature maple trees and stuff, beautiful colors. A lot of the scions, the, you know, sons and daughters of those families have inherited or otherwise bought their parents or neighbors' homes and put extra levels on them and sort of made it even a much nicer neighborhood. This is the evolution of the American neighborhood, especially the American subdivision. So just like wine, all it takes is time. Absolutely. Time and, the you know, just the, the right climate for aging. Yeah. And, uh, this is what we see. People are very fast to, to judge. To, to judge. And and you know, again, these are the people, usually are the people who judge the most are the ones who got here the most recently. Over in Sugarloaf, my real home hamlet, uh Clay Boone, Clayton Boone, Boone Wood Designs, said one of the funniest things I'd I'd ever heard in my life. He said, You always know who the president of the Chamber of Commerce is because it's the person who most recently moved here. 
And that was a good point. Uh, you know, that's it's changed a little since then, and the chamber and the community foundation, everything in Sugarloaf have coalesced into one more or less one really good, effective, nice group. But that was the case for a long time. Um, and you see that when you see community groups, sometimes they start just as a way for people to come in and sort of get their foot into the neighborhood, which is great. It's a great practice. It's a great venue for that. But sometimes you get the loudest, angriest people and you sort of say, okay, well now I know why they left their other neighborhood, you know? Don't bring that here. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, also the, the, you know, like well, like you said, the given time, given, given uh, let, let the, the dust, uh, post-construction dust settle, so to speak. You judging the baby that is just born and you expecting to to drive and uh, <laughs> and saying well it's uh, it's stupid it can it can't uh, speak uh, work or whatever else is that for just crying and pooping yeah so <laughs> hey you want to see the new baby no he can't drive he's an idiot he doesn't get my jokes dude he's six months old you know get past it what a, now eagle watch are they doing some halloween celebrations over there at all uh, the houses are nicely dressed. Uh, there's still a lot Good. of construction going on. Uh, I uh, hope people, uh, it's another great way to get to know your neighbors. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You for know? sure. But I think the adult Halloween parties are a thing of the past, at least for a while. You know, that uh, that whole idea of the little... Uh, um, you know what? A good indication would be just uh, to see what local restaurants are doing. I think you're going to see a lot of, it used to be a lot of corporate and everything else, but I, th I think you're still going to see a lot of uh, Halloween or friends getting together. I think you're going to see a lot of people going out uh, and just uh, getting dressed. Yeah. My birthday is uh, close to uh, Halloween, and we used to do it uh, sort of like a costume parties. This year, is uh, once again, it's a little different because of the, the climate, the Pandemic, yeah, pandemic and everything sure. else that surrounds it but uh yeah yeah and there's something going on at blue arrow farms today i know that even without these halloween specific holidays just the agritainment centers around here always give you something great to do you know i i met a guy i had sold a motorcycle last week and the fellow came from brooklyn to buy it and it was parked over at my mom's house and uh, he came over looked at it was excited to get it and he said this is a beautiful area here and uh the guy's name was babu which was really cool and he was with his son and he just started asking about homes for sale and i said listen on your way out go over to the row farm right over in chester because the row farm is like an old-time farm stand i mean arguably the best apple cider in the whole hudson valley um, in my opinion, way better even than anything in Ulster, better than any of the other Orange County uh, apple reasons. In terms of cider, a lot of them have better apples, but Rose Cider, they even press cider for other uh, cideries around here okay. and other orchards. Yeah, a lot of the orchards get their cider from Rose. So I just told them to go there, kind of avoiding, I love agritainment, but they wanted to see something that was really country, you know, being from Brooklyn and before Brooklyn being, I believe, from Pakistan. And... Uh, he he texted me afterward and he said, Wow, Rose Orchard, you know, right on ninety-four between so he Chester did follow up your advice. He, he, he did. They through. had a great time. They filled their car with cider to bring back to Brooklyn. And they were just blown away. They bought, you know, Hubbard squash and things like that that are spaghetti right. squash. That's great there. The the honey, Tommy Rose honey. Um, it's right up there with Steve Newhouse's honey. It's hard to say whose is better, and they're they're not too far from one another. There's no such uh, thing as a bad honey. So uh, on that note, uh, we're going into another break, and we'll join you right after.
Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is Clark Howard. You're reading an ad, not a news story. Be careful that you don't get conned into spending money with someone who's just taking advantage of you with propaganda. Clark Howard, weekdays from 1 till 3. If you missed the Frank Truett Show, here's what you missed. 1983. Just, you know what to do, Frank? Just say, you know, IIVX. Let them all yeah. figure it out themselves. No, they'll be good. The Redskins over the Dolphins, 27 to 17. Was uh, Theismann in that? Well, listen, Taylor. Joe uh, Theismann? Th- let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Taylor. That'll be the day. Taylor. I got one okay. question for you. Ready? No What's problem. more important? <laughs> so you're talking even over that. <laughs> What's more important? Oh, it's a hilarious video. We'll t- I did a Frank no, in the living room. I've lost control of the show. Of what's more important. <laughs> All right. I won't respond so you can get it back. Thank you. <laughs> the Frank Truat Show. Weekday mornings till 9 on WTBQ. WTBQ. All right, and we're back with the Free Speech Halloween edition and uh, talking uh, holidays. I would like to, to mention that, uh, as it's already been happening for five years, WTBQ 5th Annual, the Toys for Military Tots uh, fundraiser is going on. Uh, there's a number of uh, stations. One of them is uh, where you can bring in an, uh, an open uh, wrapped uh, toy and that would go to a military family or for disabled vets or military personnel stationed at the air base in Newburgh. And one of those locations is Sam's Meat Warehouse. Sam's Meat Warehouse is given a 10% matching certificate. For oh, that's every, great. Yeah, you come in, you bring the toy, you receive a certificate that uh, is yours to use towards your holiday shopping or everyday shopping or, uh, you know, upcoming Thanksgiving, upcoming Christmas. So please take advantage of that offer. Please help uh, us to, to bring holiday spirit to, to those who need it most. That's wonderful. And I hope a lot of people will take uh, that uh, advantage of, of this uh, very generous and amazing offer to yeah. help somebody else and take advantage of the lower prices for, for holiday. That's really wonderful. You know, it, it's amazing. Um, Frank and Taylor at TBQ do infinitely more for the community than they really receive, uh, for which, you know, they, they might receive commendation. It's interesting because it's their radio station. It's hard for them to pat themselves on the back and say, oh, we do all these great things for the community. So they don't, you know, they, they try to promote what they can to do good, but it, it would be nice to just acknowledge the many, many things that they do, including this Toys for Military Tots drive to, to help these kids deploy and, and join. And a lot stuff. of people, a lot of people joined. I hope a lot of them will join. And uh, it's another way to bring holiday and spirit and smiles on children's faces. And I think there's nothing could be more valuable than that. No, I think complaining about stuff on social media is <laughs> infinitely Facebook, more valuable. On, on Facebook, uh, really. If you're a person who complains about things on social media, some people, but that's yeah, <laughs> that's really altruistic, you know, not actually going out and paying some money for a toy and dropping it off at uh, the, you know, Toys for Tots uh, site. No, that's a great thing. And I, I like hearing about things that are real action towards helping people towards bringing smiles especially people you know who might be uh you know without a mom or dad 
for the holidays. It's really important and it's really nice. And um, not to try to put in extraneous plugs for Sam's Meat Warehouse, but man, I enjoyed some of those fillets this last week. Oh, thank you. Thank oh you. my God. Dude, <laughs> I mean, just even frying them, just butter, coarse salt to float salt it. Salt and pepper. Uh, technically, the good piece of meat does not really need the great cooking skills. No. A lot of, uh, speaking about fillets, this is the steaks that can be enjoyed rare. If you thinly pound it, this is your beef carpaccio. And if you uh, chop it, that's a steak tartare. Both are meant to yeah. be eaten raw. Yeah, yeah. Carpaccio is, yeah. you know, I grew up on it. it it's amazing. I, yeah, I barely sear it. I, I treat filet uh, like like tuna. Yep. You know, let that's it just it. touch the pan, lose the red on no, the outside. No cooking. Sear, sear it hot. And there's a lot of good steaks that can benefit from the same uh, method of cooking. So, And that's another part of uh, making a holiday. It's, it's uh, the circle of friends. It's a great meal on a table. This is what makes it in a good spirit, you know. Sure. Especially if you can, and especially with the Thanksgiving coming up, there's a lot of to be thankful for. Um, you know, with all the bad things that happened this year, there's, there's still, you know, family and friends and, uh, you know. Absolutely. We have a lot to be grateful for. We have so much for which to be grateful. And to, the pandemic, with all of its horrors, does sort of remind us of that. And, you know, the, the mask, uh, wearing the mask is not the worst thing in the world. I'll tell you a little joke while we still have a couple of minutes. Uh, so I had this uh, weird dream. This is the summer of 2021, and we, the world is battling this, uh, you know, stomach uh, virus that turns into pandemic, and everybody else is wearing diapers. So we're looking back onto 2020 <laughs> wearing masks, and that's put a lot of things in perspective. Great point. <laughs> that is a great way to look at it. You know, the, the mask is funny. Not so bad. All no, of a sudden, not, all of a not sudden, so bad. it's not so bad, right? It's a great, great, yeah, given the choice. Uh, you know, the mask, whether or not you agree with it, I, yeah, I'm not going to get into my views on this, but it's there to protect others, you know? Mm. Um, and that's, it's... I don't wear mine as much as I should. I wear it in public places, but it is there to help others. And, uh, you know, there's nothing Just wrong with doing Even that. if it's for the peace of mind. I think that's what yes. mainly does it, you know. Uh, it really does. And, you know, throughout, I mean, I, I moved through uh, Peking International Airport a lot. And uh, that's a place where long before the pandemic, years and years beforehand, people would always be wearing masks. You know, uh, certainly throughout China and Korea, yep. it's very common. Um, you know, you see masks on people more often than not. And before the pandemic, even in New York's Chinatown and in Flushing, a lot of just Asian residents would that wear is, masks. Yeah, that, that's kind of the part of the culture that they, uh, I think it's stemming from uh, being sort of like germophobic a bit, and also the quality of the air. The yeah, and quality of the air has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, my second home over in, in uh, Asia has the world's worst winter air pollution, uh, bar none. It's horrific in the winter. But also, you have to remember, because of the dense population of China, so many... Uh, really endemic viruses and just pathogens have really emerged there but remember certain like bird flus and things like mm. like h1n um i forget what hn1n or h1n1 is what it was i always mix those acros up but here in the states you know we can learn from that as we do become more densely populated as we are changing so rapidly and doing more things together speaking of which lines for the early voting warwick town mm. hall day and night for you know almost a week now great indication uh you know and i would like to remind people once again please 
please go out and vote. The, every vote counts. And elections do have consequences. They absolutely do. No matter for whom it is you're voting, get out there and do it. Uh, I'll be getting out and voting. I, I do it on election day. I actually wanted the to do it. Uh, there was a not yesterday. It wasn't yesterday. It wasn't that bad. The day before was rainy and cold, and I was hoping maybe there was nobody there. <laughs> And there were hundreds of people lined up all the way out through the parking lot exercising that right, which regardless of all the horrors uh, through which we've been going with the pandemic, with other things socially, um, it's nice and very hopeful to see that, to see people out there exercising not just the right to vote, but exercising their innate sense of hope and of power. Like I I have a hand in this, I can help to change it, you know? Right. So, yeah, uh, even people who normally do not uh, vote, I've been talking to a couple of friends, and they said, you know what, I couldn't figure out for a long time who am I, where does my heart lies, whether it's Republican, whether it's Democrat, but seeing what's happening during this election and how is one side is stooping so low, uh, I think it's very, very clear message to, to, to people and said, you know what, now I know in my heart that uh, the, the exactly who I am and which uh, vote will I will cast. You know, I feel so strongly about it. I'm thinking of voting two, maybe three times, Steve. (laughs) I kid. But uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of things all at once. Everything is happening at just such a crazy pace right now. We just had the village elections in Warwick. Uh, We have Halloween. We have election day in three days. That is amazing. And then that will you know the results of which will probably drag on for a while as they often do certainly this time and then almost overnight there will be thanksgiving and it always feels like that space between halloween and christmas gets shorter every year it feels like only one month it feels like a week oh, yeah. it feels like a day you know no, that's uh, right now is the time to actually think about the maybe thanksgiving to to plan ahead and uh, order that uh, special bird whether it's goose or fresh turkey or whatever it might be uh, you know so uh, i believe in uh, next friday the advertising for sam's meat warehouse will come up in local newspapers and please follow up on a facebook uh, we're doing what we normally do every year. We're introducing uh, sort of like a loyalty discount where we offer Great. people who called before or call now to a particular cutoff date because it's easy to, to gauge what you need and how much supply to bring when you know, when you have uh, your orders on hand. I was stoked to be able to get mutton there. You know, I miss mutton so much now. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, we have, in fact, everything and anything you can think of. I uh, believe we are the biggest supplier. And we have the uh, widest variety uh, anybody in, goose? in Orange County. Yep. So you Stock you can item. actually provide Christmas oh, yeah, goose. Yeah. Stock item uh, every oh, day. Oh, my God. That's goose really and, cool. Uh, quails and ducks. And, sure. Uh, you, you name it. I mean, uh, people, it's sort of like a last resort. They're calling for the oxtails and uh, veal tongues and uh, rabbit ears and, and what, whatever you can think of. Sure. You know? Yeah, oxtails. Great winter dish. Great, great. Brilliant winter dish. And verifiably, in terms of nutrition, oxtail is incredible for you. And it's funny, even uh, in Chinese medicine, oxtail is considered really essential for virility, uh, believe it or not, for men. uh, And just for all-around strength, for whatever reason. Um, That's cool that you carry it. I'm kind of blown away by that. No, we do. And uh, another thing that Sam's uh, offers is it's a free aging service. So if you buy something for Thanksgiving, it's in, in fact exactly the perfect aging time. It's uh, 21 to 28 days that it takes for the slab or steak to age. 
Really? Oh, yeah. That's, you know, because I, I have it in my fridge sometimes. I'm very familiar with the concept of aging beef. And sometimes it's, it's turning gray, you know, almost kind of olive, like an old it's army cheese. It's nasty cheap. looking, but it's, <laughs> you no, know, it does. It, it's sort of like one of those cheeses that you enjoy. Some people uh, absolutely love and kill for that stinky rind right. that it has. And, but in terms of, it does develop a different kind of flavor. It's uh, instead of being liverish and a little bloody, it. Uh, taste more nutty, prosciutto-like. Right, right. And uh, it's certainly getting more tender. So right now, if you would like to put something special on the Thanksgiving table, right now would be the time to put your order in with Sam's Meat Warehouse. We'll do it uh, with age for free. And the same goes for Thanksgiving for Christmas. So uh, I'll be doing that for sure, Stephen. Thank you. All right. So well, I think we're getting close to uh, the program. We have a couple of minutes. I would like to recap and let people know that... Uh, you know, the Halloween spirit is not dead. It's, it's out there. Let's celebrate. It's, it's uh, certainly a special moon for everybody to enjoy tonight. And uh, don't forget to vote. And let's keep those traditions alive. Let's be nice to each other, to kids. And, uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> that, that, that's the spirit of the Halloween, I hear. Yeah, vote for the wolf, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy Halloween, Stephen. Happy Halloween. Thank you very much. Great program. We'll see you, and hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about uh, next week. Sounds great. Thank you.